Hello everyone, I'm Chris Lenton. Today we are very lucky to be joined by Eduardo Prudhomme. Eduardo has vast experience in Mexico's energy sector working at uh, with, with time at Pemex and at CRE and, and most recently at Senegas where he was the ISO chief officer overseeing the technical, commercial and economic management of the what was at the time the new cistern gas national pipeline system. He now runs the Gadex Energy Consultancy in Mexico City, and he also contributes for us uh, at NGI with a, with an excellent bi-weekly column. So thank you very much for being with us on the podcast, Eduardo. Oh, my pleasure. It's an honor for me. Thank you. Great. So in obviously very strange times around the world right now. Let's jump in uh, straight away to, to some serious issues. Infrastructure. Uh, what's happening, for example, with the Guadalajara system and uh, some of the other delayed pipelines? Is coronavirus delaying everything, or is this, you know, do we have any idea of when these these pipes might come online? Yeah, well, as as far as I know, and obviously this is um, something that uh, the way you Mexico is not uh, a very transparent uh, market, or, or um, in fact, uh, the there are very few efforts like like uh, NGIs. Um, about uh, providing information to the public. I mean, we basically rely on uh, very small bunches of information coming from the enterprises, or we rely in, in gossip. So we know Fermaca uh, um, has already um, finished all the, all the physical works. I mean, six weeks ago, they, they finished the, the, the interconnection in the, in the segment that goes to the uh, Villa de Reyes um, uh, delivery delivery point. We know that they have finished the physical works. I mean, the, the pipeline is 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 ready. They they were working obviously in uh, in the way they they are going to operate the the whole system. One of the aspects is that you know the Guadalajara system is is not a single one. It's not just a single permit. Uh, it, it, it has evolved of different CFE procedures. For, uh, for example, the Tarahumara segment, that is the the oldest one, uh, is in is in Chihuahua, and it was not the result of any, any tender in the in the last uh, in the last years. It was uh, developed by Fermaca, and the intention was to improve the the, the capacity uh, conditions in, in Chihuahua. In fact, to Deliver gas to the plants in in the in the El Encino site, and then when um, uh, CFE started to do tenders, it was uh, circumstantial that Fermaca uh, was the winner of uh, different um, uh, tenders that uh, of 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 segments that that are connected. That's why we see the the Tarahumara pipeline, the pipeline El Encino La Laguna. And then La Laguna uh, Guadalajara. It's it's not as it's just not a single system. It's a different system with, and they need the, the Fermaca uh, needed to comply with all the requirements of the of the tenders. And it's also important to say that also inside CFE they they have some flaws. At the end, they also uh, didn't have an integrated uh, uh, engineer uh, team. At the end, CFE is just buying energy. They, they don't have a proper uh, engineering team. So uh, obviously, matching all the pressures, match, matching all the, uh, all the aspects of, of operating uh, in a continuous flow, uh, such a, a huge system, 
requires a lot of, of uh, operational tools to be developed inside Permaca. Uh, the way they are going to nominate is also, uh, they are working on that. So that's why, I mean, it's, it's, it's not properly a, a delay in the physical aspects, but now they are uh, working on, on the coordinations. And also, there's one aspect that is, is important. At the end, they need to coordinate with other systems. Uh, in particular with Sistran uh, Gas, for example, in, in the interconnection in, in Guadalajara. And, and they are deciding which interconnection is going to, um, to be the effective one. Uh, there are two options now. One was the original, the historical one that was El Castillo interconnection that um, uh, received gas from the uh, Energía Occidente de México, the EOM, that it belongs to TransCanada. And it was the, the pipeline that uh, connects Manzanillo LNG terminal with Guadalajara. Uh, that's one of the interconnections that, uh, and, and in fact, they are working in building a booster to increase uh, the, 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 the pressure in, in that side of the, now we are, they are going to use the same interconnection with, with Cistran Gas in a physical uh, terms, I, I, I mean. And also there's a new interconnection that is uh, east of Guadalajara, that is the Zapotlanejo pipeline, that it was a bypass uh, that was built to deliver gas to Tierra Mojada um, generation plant. And uh, it also is in, it's connected with Cistran Gas. So this, this pipeline can bypass the El Castillo interconnection. So they are working with Senagas uh, discussing uh, which of these interconnections is going to work. And obviously, there's, there's a trade-off in the capacities that can be managed in both uh, in both sides, um, and that's part of the explanation that we are not seeing volumes uh, running into Cistran gas. That's interesting. It's obviously a lot more complex than just having the the infrastructure ready. But you know, beyond beyond that, and a few other uh, pipelines, a lot of the you know the main sort of uh, infrastructure is in place now. Is is a lot of that infrastructure being used, and how does you know how is demand being impacted by by coronavirus and what's happening right now? The most relevant case now is uh, the offshore pipeline, the Infraestructura Marina del Golfo, uh, or Ducto Marino. There's there are, it has a lot of names, you know. We we call it the South Texas Tuxpan Pipeline. Uh, we call it uh, Ducto Marino, yeah, yeah. Well, this pipeline is uh, today the, the largest in, in, in sense of capacity, the largest pipeline in Mexico by far. Um, it is, as probably you know, it can, the capacity is 2.6 PCFs. However, there, there's some problems now with the uh, operational philosophy. One thing is that uh, it was designed to have uh, several interconnections in Altamira and, and in, in Naranjos to connect with um, uh, the TransCanada pipeline that goes to Naranjos and South. Uh, the name of this pipeline is um, Transportadora de Gas de la Huasteca. It's a, it's, it's a, this, this pipeline was built to deliver gas to a central generation uh, plant in, in, in in Tamasunchale, and then uh, there was uh, an extension deal uh, with uh, with CFE to deliver gas uh, to the central Mexico in the area very near to to Querétaro, to Querétaro City. The, 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 this inter interconnection today is 
the main, the, most of the flow that is going uh, into the into the Marino pipeline goes directly to this to, to this pipeline to the uh, the Naranjos and South. Uh, the, the other interconnections were uh, discussed with with Senagas uh, in Monte Grande interconnection. The idea is that uh, Senagas will uh, should be able to 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 receive half of ECF in this point. Uh, there was a, a lateral in, in, in this area also to deliver gas to the Tuxpan uh, generation plants, uh, Tuxpan and Poza Rica. Uh, and this lateral is, is, is going to receive around uh, also half of, half, less than half BCF. The idea is also that one BCF uh, should uh, continue uh, to Tuxpan Tula pipeline. Is that is is the pipeline that is um, is the construction was interrupted by some problems with local communities. Okay, and that and so, that's being held up for at least a few years, right? Yeah. So at the end, there's like a dead end uh, pipeline now. I mean, the the pipeline is, is going to have available uh, around one BCF that goes to nowhere. So you need to change the other um, uh, interconnections in order to be able to to increase the load factor of the pipeline. And again, we we are also waiting for uh, capacity allocation in cistern gas. I mean, it's one of the of the of the curious things and the things that we need to understand is that the, the fact that CFE is the is the the anchor shipper in the uh, Marino pipeline, it doesn't imply that he has rights in cistern gas. Now, Cistran Gas, uh, that is uh, managed by, by Senagas, should have a, an, a, an open season to, to, uh, to provide title to capacity to other, to other shippers in a competitive um, strategy. You know, it's, we haven't seen that. At the end, what I'm trying to say is that part of the way now is, uh, is being operated, the, the, the Marino pipeline, is uh, basically uh, related with the commercial decisions and the coordination with uh, between CFE and and Senagas. It has uh, some implications in the in the second largest uh, entry point in Mexico. That is still the the, the main uh, import importing uh, um, uh, site in, for for the country. That is the Netmex pipeline uh, connection with gasoductos del Noreste. So um, we now, if we just uh, pay attention to the to the numbers every day, we see that uh, the the volumes that are um, in, injected in the uh, Marino pipeline is um, compensating some decline in the injection in the Ramones uh, pipeline. And and during this um, month, uh, we had a very is something that we we mentioned in 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 in, in the in the last uh, week column, is that um, uh, normally every year, uh, Netmex uh, pipeline has a major maintenance um, during, and it's planned to be during Easter is when we see uh, some uh, uh, decline in the demand because it's like a spring break in, in Mexico. Uh, and the, the kids don't uh, don't go to, to to school, and you know it's it's the opportunity for for Mexicans to to go to the to the to go to the coast and have a, um, holidays there. 
So it's uh, the demand goes down normally during these two two weeks. Normally, the, the operator, all the operators involved, coordinates uh, this maintenance with with this uh, uh, with this period. So uh, historically, we see this decline. However, this year we have seen that the decline started before this this uh, this period. I mean, January and February. Um, have been very uh, different in volumes than uh, 2019 and 2018. And it's because the Mexican economy is um, having a, a slowdown in all the sectors. It's, uh, we, we are, last year we didn't have any growth. I mean, we, we basically stay at the same level of 2018. And this is because uh, the, the Presidente López Obrador policies that have not encouraged investment and, and uh, the investors are reluctant to continue uh, to, to, to have a confidence in the Mexican economy. So we see that, the, that even before COVID-19, the, the Mexican economy and the gas consumption um, was uh, uh, below previous years. Uh, so we, yeah, we we are now seeing a lot of infrastructure that is simply not being used. That's interesting, and of course, the projections for this year are you know are terrible almost everywhere you look. I think the last I saw, analysts were, were speaking about eight eight percent GDP loss this year, which is um, you know which is terrible. Okay, so so with everything going on with with COVID and with with the economy and uh, you know the oil price war. Do you think this is a, an opportunity for, for President uh, López Obrador to uh, sort of use some of the tools that, are, that were made available to him by the energy reform? Or do you, do you see him uh, sort of remaining very, very stubborn and, and uh, taking a very sort of uh, Pemex and CFE first stance? He's stubborn. I don't see he would change his speech in, in, any, in any line. Um, it's simply that they... they uh, want to prove to their to his cronies. I mean, basically the the the, the common uh, the common citizen um, uh, that is, uh, is poor and that is um, has not benefits of, of a of a liberalized uh, of a liberal market of a, of a of a competitive market. They don't see the 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 benefits in his daily reality. Um, that's the the AMLO's speech is directed to the, uh, to that kind of people. So I don't see any change in his speech. However, I, I think that at the end, uh, he can let some of uh, his operators to get advantage of the, of the, of the uh, energy reform. Uh, at the end, he had the powers, he had the abilities uh, and the, and the, Political muscle to change the the, um, uh, the law uh, has a, enough weight in, the, in, in both chambers, in the uh, representative uh, chamber and in the senator chamber, to change the energy reform. But he was reluctant to do that because at the end he realized that is like quitting to some uh, very good tools to uh, to lever the economy. I don't see uh, uh, in personally in his, I mean, in his personal daily speech, I don't see any change. However, he will take advantage of, for example, uh, uh, 
uh, last month we see a decline in the in the in the uh, um, uh, gasoline price in, in the gas stations everywhere in Mexico. Everybody realized that there's uh, the, the 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 price of the pump is is below the previous year, and it's the result of the energy reform. And he knows that. However, he's going to say that it's because of his policies, not of uh, the energy reform. So that's that's the way he's going to uh, maintain the equilibrium uh, between reality and the, the 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 basic variables that are in reality, and that one of the of those uh, uh, elements in reality is that the, the rules of the energy reform, and balance his political speech. But I think, um, but I don't see uh, saying that. I don't see uh, AMLO um, uh, going to a more ambitious and modern agenda in the energy policy. I mean, the energy uh, minister, uh, Rocio Nale, is simply dedicated to build uh, the Dos Bocas refinery. There's, there's another, I mean, the transitional, uh, I mean, Having the guidelines for a transitional economy, going from uh, fuel, fossil fossil fuels to renewables, you know, uh, improving the competition of the market. Uh, the, I don't see a change in policy, or maybe in, in in the speech, I don't see any any change. There's going to be we are going to see announcements, sure. Uh, he he's I, I what I can realize that they are probably more desperate, I mean, the government in general is more desperate to uh, provide to the public uh, good news. And in this uh, intention, uh, probably they will announce new new projects. But I don't see any ingredient to really achieve uh, those projects, to have uh, uh, finished those projects before the end of the AMLO government. So um, basically, uh, the, the tension between the private sector, the domestic private sector and the government is completely, I mean, he simply uh, broke the, the, the confidence bonds that uh, historically have been built between the, the government and the, and the um, private investors. So it would take a long, a long time to repair that relationship. Yeah. Eduardo, final, finally, uh, um, on the human side of things, how are things in Mexico City? What's what's it like in Roma? Are you leaving the house? Uh, how are you? Okay, no, I'm, uh, it's 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 complicated. You know, I live in a neighborhood that is very urban, uh, but also very it's like the trendy neighborhood, uh, uh, Colonia Roma, and yeah, it's very it's like you are in ghost town. You know, it's uh, all the all the cafes, all the restaurants are simply closed. You can perfectly walk uh, um, without seeing uh, a person um, for several blocks. Uh, the way we, we uh, maintain social uh, interaction is when I, I go uh, out to, to take my, my, my dog uh, for a stroll, and that's the way you see people. I mean, it's, it's yeah, behind uh, their mask. People, yeah, behind a mask, and the and the rest of the city, as far as I know, in the urban neighborhoods. I mean, when, and with the offices and um, uh, are closed, basically are closed. However, we we know that in the periphery uh, neighborhoods, um, 
is uh, people is uh, uh, people are 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 still in, in in their activities. You know, the problem of Mexican economy is that the the most of the population is um, recruited by the informal uh, sector. I mean, they they don't are they don't have a salary. Uh, they work by their own in um, a small uh, store or 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 selling food in the in the streets or providing personal services uh, to wealthy in wealthy neighborhoods so we they they need to to find a a a way to get an income so that's why we, uh, there are some neighborhoods that it, it you see still a very uh, good level of activity yeah i think that's the case um, across lots of 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 Latin America, and it's also very very worrisome. Anyway, Eduardo, let's 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 leave it there. Uh, thank you so much for your time, as always. I really hope that um, next time we speak, well, well, we speak quite often, but uh, the ne the next time we see each other in person, it will be when this is all over, and hopefully that's soon. Yeah, no, it's. Uh, I, I also hope to see you soon, and I, and I hope that um, this uh, when this situation. And I mean, we 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 can also get attention to the to the energy sector in Mexico. At the end, as I said, I mean, gravity always uh, always wins. So it's uh, the variables is uh, uh, the fundamental variables in the Mexican market. Uh, we are going to see uh, those variables after this uh, situation, and Mexico is not able to meet uh, its demand. I mean. Despite of this shock, uh, the, when things get normal, uh, we are going to see um, uh, uh, an increase in the in the demand, and Mexico is not able to to deliver all the energy that is necessary to the economy. Well, natural gas is is going to play an important role in, in Mexican energy for this significant future. I think you would agree with that. Anyway, Eduardo. Thank you very much. I hope my, my, my Mexican English is, um, is good for this podcast. <laughs> oh, it's, fa it's fantastic. Thank you so much, Eduardo, for your insights today. Just want to remind you that Eduardo is a regular contributor to NGI's Mexico Gas Price Index, our daily news and data service focused on bringing transparency to the natural gas market in Mexico. You can read his columns and subscribe to NGI at www.naturalgasintelligence.com. Believing that transparent markets empower businesses, communities, and economies, Natural Gas Intelligence works to provide natural gas price transparency for the Americas. This podcast is a part of our efforts. Thanks so much for listening to NGI's Hub and Flow. This is Chris Lenton with NGI. Look forward to speaking with you next time. In the meantime, subscribe and rate our podcast. Tell your colleagues about us, and please stay safe. <laughs>